Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. I was extremely honored and very privileged when Pastor Allen asked me to speak for him tonight on worship. Um, it's something that I've done for more than half my life. I've dedicated my life to it. I'm, ex- I'm super excited. I know I said excited about 12 times. I'm excited um, to share this with you. Um, but I just want to say thank you. I'm so blessed to be under the leadership of Pastor Allen and Joy. We have incredible leaders here. We have wonderful leadership teams and teaching teams, worship teams, which, by the way, that uh, gentleman who led tonight is one of my sons, Spencer. So, yeah. So we are very blessed. So before we jump in, let's pray real quick, okay? Father, thank you for tonight. We trust that you're going to lead us to everything that we need. Tonight we believe we will be taught your word. We boldly confess our minds are alert and our hearts are receptive, and we will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, before we get into worship, um, sometimes you can be at a place long enough, you kind of assume everybody knows you. And um, some of you may not know who I am. I'm Justin Adams. I'm the worship pastor here. So uh, I thought, you know, I would take maybe the the top four questions that I get and kind of answer them just, you know, so you can get to know me a little bit better. So the number one question, not the number one I get, we'll get to that last, but one of the questions is, how long have you been at the ark? Now, my very first Sunday to lead was on Super Bowl Sunday. So in two weeks, I'm going to celebrate an anniversary of 15 years. I know. And to think I started when I was 20. That was not funny. Anyway, did you grow up in a Christian household? That's another one that I get. Um, I actually did not. Um, Alan says he grew up in a Baptist uh, home and they were Shiite Baptist. Um, We grew up Shiite heathen. I mean, we were pretty extreme in that. Uh, So, no, I didn't grow up in a Christian household. Uh, What's my favorite worship song? I get that one. Uh, I don't have an all-time one. I do have one right now that is my favorite, and it's the one called Firm Foundation, He Won't Fail. That's my favorite. Um, And then the great I am, they're kind of like right here. They just keep kind of going back and forth. Um, (laughs) This is the number one question I get. You think it would be super deep and really spiritual, but it's not. You know what it is? How many jackets do you have in your closet? (laughs) See, you were all kind of hoping that I would would say that. Here's what I'm going to, I'm going to kind of dodge it. I'm going to say I have more than 10, less than 50. We're going to leave it at that. (laughs) Hey, let's, let's, let's talk about our subject tonight. If I told you that there were ways to enhance or improve your worship to God, would you want to know? That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to look into those ways. And this whole night is to honor God, bless the people, and have some fun. Hopefully you'll get blessed. Hopefully we'll have some fun. But the number one thing we're going to do is honor God. All right. So we're going to talk about worship. And the main part of what we're going to stay on is what does worship look like? What does worship look like? And not what your grandma said it did or does, but what the Bible says. And we're going to define it. What is worship? Now, let me tell you what worship and praise are not. Praise is not the fast songs and worship is not the slow songs. 
But there are a lot of people who think that's it. But when you study those words out, worship and praise, you find out their similarities far outweigh their differences. In fact, they're just different aspects of the same thing. So you're going to hear me use worship and praise interchangeably tonight, and they both mean the same thing. So let's look at the, de- the, the definition in the dictionary of worship and praise as a noun. Let's look at it. The first one is an expression of approval or admiration or devotion. The second one is an expression of respect or gratitude as an act of worship. Now notice there's a common word there, expression. Now, I don't do this often, but I think we, I think Tony and I figured this up. Tony's my MD. We figured this, I think I've led like over 1,200 services just here at the Ark. So I really don't watch people. I don't look at how you worship, but sometimes I'll catch you. Actually saw a guy eating popcorn one time. (laughs) But remember, worship is an expression of admiration or devotion or gratitude. And so I've, I've seen this. Now I'm not talking to anybody here and I'm not talking to anybody online. These are the people who aren't here. That I have seen this. <sighs> now, I am convinced that is not an expression of admiration or devotion. Would you agree? And I'm definitely not convinced that that's any kind of expression of gratitude. But I do have people say, yes, but... Isn't it possible for me to just worship in my heart? Actually, no. It starts there, but it has to be expressed. It has to be expressed. Let me give you an example. So um, let's say you have kids and your boy is in baseball and they made it to the championship game. And he's up to bat. It's the last inning. It's a full count. They're down by three runs. Bases are loaded. He's about to get a fastball, and you've taught him well. You watch for that fastball. So sure enough, the pitcher goes back, lets it go. It's coming right down the middle, fastball. He gets a jump on it. You're like, what? He knocks it out. It's over the left field fence. I mean, the crowd goes crazy. They win the championship. He's rounding the bases. The dugout empties out. They come to home plate. He's high-fiving everybody. He runs straight through all of them, straight to you, and goes, Dad, did you see that? I hit the home run. We won. And you go, I did. I'm just rejoicing with you in my heart. (laughs) It's got to be expressed. If it were me, I'd be, I'd climb halfway up the backstop and be like, you know, cranking on the chains or something. Let's, let's look here. Um, Worship is an attitude that dictates action. It has to start in your heart, but it can't stay there. It's got to be expressed. All right, so we said that worship is an expression of admiration or devotion. So what is an expression? Let's define that. Let's look to the dictionary. Expression is the process of making known, conveying or putting into words one's thoughts, feelings, emotions, or opinion. This is not making known anything except I'm bored. But outward expressions, worship that dictates action, It's a making known people can tell something's happening. Now, one of the greatest examples that I know of in church is baptism. That is a public expression of worship. It's a public expression of your faith in Jesus. 
And it's a making known to everybody, you belong to him. What a great expression. Now, devotion can also not be communicated without physical expression. All right, oh yeah, okay. Um, that's what it's like being with a worship pastor. You hear everything, like, you know. So, um, so let me ask all you ladies, all the single ladies, all the, or married ladies, or what? All right, all you ladies. How many of you ladies want a man? <laughs> well, hope. <laughs> Woo, how many ladies want a man? Okay. Guys, you better put a ring on it. Um, <laughs> how many ladies in here want a man that doesn't want to demonstrate his love and affection to you? He never tells you he loves you, doesn't hold your hand, doesn't put his arm around you, doesn't kiss you, doesn't really want to touch you because that's just too intimate for him. You want a man like that? No, you don't. Guys, we don't want a girl or a lady who doesn't tell us how big and strong we are and how handsome we are and how proud she is of us and working so hard to provide for the family. There is... Is there any man or woman who wants to marry somebody like that they don't think is the most best, awesome, universally great person on the planet? No. Neither does God. If you don't want a bride like that, neither does he. God has put a natural desire inside of us that reflects the desire of his own heart of a bride that adores him so much she would do anything for him. She thinks he's the absolute wonder of the universe. So you see, devotion can't be expressed without some form of physical expression. Are you with me? Okay. So worship is an expression. An expression is making known. So now we're going to talk about what does the Bible show us are proper expressions in church. Now, I just want to say there are many expressions we are only going to hit a few, some of my favorite and some that I feel like are the most important. Um, and let me qualify this, too. Um, in the Old Testament, it was written in two languages, in Hebrew and Aramaic, and the New Testament was written in Greek. So anything that we have is translated into English. Now, have you heard the thing lost in translation? There are some things that are lost in translation. These words are one of them. Now, let me give you another example. We've now been in Texas 15 years. When we first came here, I was at a restaurant and I ordered a Coke. And I expected a Coke, but the girl said, which kind? <laughs> I want a Coke. Well, yeah, which kind? I'm like, what we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> I want a Coke. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, do you want a Mountain Dew? Do you want a Sprite? Do you want a 7-Up? And I'm like, okay. I thought Coke meant Coke. But see, the English language tends to generalize a lot of things and put it into one word. Hebrew doesn't do that. Hebrew has one specific word. This word is an expression, and it's a very specific one. And then they have another word for praise that's this very specific expression. So it's important that we search these out so we know what are the expressions in the Bible and how does God want to be worshipped. So let's take the first one. Number one, halal means to celebrate clamorously or be loudly foolish. Now, some of us have no problem with that. I'm not pointing any fingers. <laughs> I even got some hands raised. Okay, it's awesome. 
Well, obviously, this is where we get the word. Hallelujah. Yeah. And it simply means praise the Lord. Now, here's another thing about that word hallelujah that comes from halal, which means to be loud. Hallelujah is not meant to be spoken softly. It's meant to be yelled. Seriously. We have this really cool song in the church, hallelujah. It's real soft, real pretty, but that's not what the word means. The word literally, if you say it, should be hallelujah. That's what it should be. So you're saying, Justin, is there a time to be loud? Yeah. Let's look at Psalm 150. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet, the harp, the lyre, the timbrel, dancing, strings, pipe, clashing cymbals, resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You know, people ask me sometimes, why is it so loud here at the ark? It's kind of loud. I said, well, Pastor Allen likes it out. <laughs> no. No, I don't say that. <laughs> no, I don't say that. What I do say is the instruments that we use by nature are loud. But guess what? It's an expression of praise. It's to be loud. That's Bible. It's okay. You may not like it. You may not like heaven then. Because heaven going to be loud. We're going to get our halal on. You know what I'm saying? So there's a time to be loud. In worship. All right, let's look at another one. Yada. To give thanks or praise with lifted hands. See how specific these are? Specific that this is a posture that we should be doing in the church because it's in the Bible. Raising our hands. Now, I realize not everybody's comfortable with that. That's okay. I didn't come to the Lord till I was 20. And when I came to the Lord, um, it was through a very conservative church and they didn't lift hands. And then I met my wife. And I thought she was a Jesus freak <laughs> when I went to her church because they did all the other stuff. And I mean, like the dancing and the tambourines and the banners up and down. And it took me a little bit, you know, to warm up to that. But once I warmed up to it, I thought, oh, this is so much better because I felt like what was inside of me was finally coming out. And I've had some people here do the same thing. I've, you know, it, I, I, I get it. You come from more conservative backgrounds. You kind of look at people, and you may not feel comfortable raising your hands. And Tim Hawkins, the comedian, does a really funny, uh, so you already know. Well, I'm not going to do it for you. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, I might do it. She goes, no, don't do that. It won't be funny. I listen to my wife. But he talks about the progression. It's, it's funny to see them start small, like, you know, carry the TV and then, you know, my fish is this big and hold my baby, Mufasa, you know, all of that. <laughs> my two favorites are goalpost and you throw in a heartburn. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But my very favorite is the schoolroom. And ladies, you know what you like to do here. You like to wean, you clean the windows. And if you're really feeling good, you just give the Lord a high five. You know. But honestly, honestly, guys, there's something extremely liberating when the feelings that are starting in our heart and the sounds that are coming out of our mouth, that our physical expression matches it. He created us body, soul, and spirit so that we would worship him with all three, not just one. All three. 
full expressions. He's worthy. Psalm 35 says, I will give thanks, that's yada, lifting of hands, in the great assembly, and I will praise halal, that's being loud, you among people. Now, leave that up for just a second. It says in the assembly and among the people. That's here. That's here. That's our corporate worship. So you can be loud. If you want to be foolish, that's up to you. One of our security people may help you. (laughs) And you want to lift your hands? It's in the Bible. You can do it. All right, I have another Hebrew word. Ready for another one? All right, let's look at tauda. That's a sacrifice of praise. It's thanksgiving. It's, very, it's a very specific. Now, what's, what's a sacrifice of praise? A sacrifice of praise is a praise that I don't feel like giving. It's a type of praise that I lift when my circumstances don't seem to warrant it. Let's look at Psalm 50, 23. The one who offers thanksgiving, tauda, a sacrifice, as his sacrifice glorifies me. It glorifies the Lord because he knows you don't feel like it, but you're doing it anyway. And that brings him glory. There's an element of conviction, faith, and power in the praise that I don't feel like giving. That's a strong. Psalm 107:22. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Now, feelings, we say this all the time, they're poor leaders, but they're great followers. So sometimes you have to, you've heard this, fake it till you make it. I say you faith it until you make it. You just faith it until you make it. Because we can rejoice in the Lord whether our circumstances are good or not. Because our joy in the Lord is not dependent on our circumstances. Our happiness is, but our joy of the Lord is not. And we can always bring a sacrifice to him because he's worthy. All right. Now, this is the most often used word for worship in the Old Testament. Um, When I was preaching this to my wife, she was like, oh, it's the most often. She got really excited. Like, oh, this is the most often used. It's pretty interesting, too. But the most often used one is shachah. Shachat. See, everybody, somebody always tries to say it. If you want to try to say it, just don't turn to your neighbor. You might spit on them. Not my fault. Okay? But remember, these are Hebrew. Shachat. It means to bow down. Every time you see this word in the Old Testament, it literally means to bow down. So when it says the people worshiped and bowed down, it means they bowed down and bowed down. You're like, well, did they get low twice? No. No, we're not going to sing the song either. (laughs) It's a posture of your heart being humble and then your physical body being humble. So it's your attitude and your spirit. To bow down and to bow down means you bow your heart and you bow your knee. Psalm 95, 6 says, Come, let us bow down in worship and let us kneel before the Lord Our maker, let us bow our hearts in worship and let us kneel our knees before the Lord, our maker. Now, the opposite of bowing is being stiff-necked. Have you ever heard of that? Stiff-necked is being refusing to bow. Now, one of the best pictures that I can think of is how many people have ever tried to put a toddler into a car seat? It's like, I'm like, Mary Beth, I'm going to break him. I'm going to break him. I don't mean to, but 
They just, that's a good picture of stiff neck. They are not going anywhere. And um, Spencer, I've already, I've already talked about you, so come here. I, w- I want to use you as an example. He doesn't know I'm doing this, so he's awesome. <laughs> oh, my boys are so tall. Um, I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, you're tall anyway. All right, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to press against the back of your neck like I'm going to push you to the ground, but I don't want you to move, okay? Okay. okay. All right, now that takes energy, right? right? Right. So he's resisting me trying to lead him to the ground. Now, a prideful person refuses that, and they end up, they find themselves opposing or resisting God. Now, I'm going to push you all the way down to your knees, and you're just going to go. We're just going to go straight down. All right, here we go. Now, that wasn't hard at all, was it? No. No. But this is the posture that when we yield to the Lord in our heart and with our attitudes, we put ourselves in a position to receive from God. And, when, and God says, we, if you humble yourself, he will lift you up. All right, you can have a seat, Bob. Thank you. <laughs> Bowing is a big deal. We don't do it a lot. Um, in fact, I think there was just a, a time recently when I did, when we were singing Great I Am. And it was like, it was like I felt that hand and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to resist that. I'm just going to go. And there's just... No, there's, there's something really special about it. most. That's the most common used word in the Old Testament is to bow. All right. Now I want to skip to the New Testament. I want to just talk about one Greek word um, for worship, and it's proskuneo. Notice that it sounds completely different, you know, than... Oh. Um, proskuneo means to prostrate or to kiss toward. Like in Spanish, it's uh, besos, besitos, little kisses, right? Now, guys, don't tune me out. I ain't blowing no kisses to Jesus. I ain't doing it. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. But it is a heart position. Let me give an example of this. So my, my kids, when I, would, uh, when I would come home in the evenings, I would uh, open the door and I would say, where are my kids at? I'm not getting emotional because I miss them. I'm getting emotional because they're finally out. <laughs> Just need a minute. <laughs> but I heard all the little feet. You know, they're coming down. Daddy's home. They're coming, man. And, you know, we'd stay up late, do crazy stuff, have fun. And then in the morning, I'd leave for work. I'd be like, bye, guys. I'm going they come back, you know, and then they're like, bye, Daddy, give me hugs and kisses. And then I get in my, my car and I'm backing out. And they're blowing me kisses and they're waving. That's the picture of proskuneo. It's a heart that's overawed by God. Can't help it. Wouldn't even want to help it. That's that picture of proskuneo. Worship is about a heart that has been overawed by God. You know, it's, in, it's, it's really important for us to understand these because we all receive love in different ways. And we want to know, how does God receive love? How does he receive love? My wife asked me uh, for my birthday a while back. <laughs> when you've been married over 30 years, you don't just go buy something. You go, look, what do you want? I'll just get you what you want. Which is actually better sometimes. But... She said, what do you want? I said, oh, I've been wanting ape hangers for my motorcycle forever. And she's like, 
I'm sorry, what? <laughs> if you don't know what ape hangers are, they're really tall handlebars for your motorcycle. They look awesome. You think they're not comfortable, but they are. And I was like, that's what I want. She's like, that's what you want for your birthday? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay. That shows love to me. She's giving me what I want, what I value. Now, if I give her some ape hangers, I'm going to need some counseling. Marital. Because gifts are supposed to show love to the person you're giving them. And that's what worship is. It's showing God how we love him. Part of our worship is to search out his heart and find out, how do you want to be adored, Lord? How do you want to be worshipped? Can I give you a gift today? How about some quality time together? Would you like that? Would that please you? What about some words of affirmation? You think, you think God's God, he doesn't like hearing it? He loves hearing it. Lord, you're awesome. You're amazing. You've been faithful. You have never let me down, God. What about an act of service to one of your children? Lord, can I go, can I go serve somebody? Would that bless you? Would that show love to you? See, th these are important because worship is love expressed, remember? But I'm going to extend that just one more, and I'm going to say worship is love expressed God's way. God's way. Sometimes we want to love somebody the way we want to be loved. We want to worship the way we want to worship. It doesn't work like that. We worship God the way he wants to be worshiped, and that shows true worship to him, right? You want God's blessings, you do it God's way. <laughs> you guys heard of the love languages, physical touch, affirmation, you know? Guys always mention physical touch first. So, I don't, you know, so anyway. But God speaks all of those love languages, but he has a primary one. He has a primary one, and we're going to find that out tonight. Let's look at John 14, 15. It says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Remember, worship is love expressed God's way. So if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Six verses later in 1421, it says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Now, anybody want God to reveal himself to you? Okay. Two more verses later in John 14, it says, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Does anybody want the spirit of God to make his home in you? So I think it's pretty clear what his primary love language is. He said it three times in the course of like nine verses. If you love me, obey. Just do what I ask you to do. Obedience is God's primary love language. Obedience is such a strong act of worship. Sometimes we don't think of it that way. But when you obey what God's asked you to do, that is a very, very important thing to him. In fact, all those things that he was saying, that was Jesus speaking. Those were Jesus' words. Worship begins in my heart. Next slide. But is expressed in the actions of my life. Now, I know you've heard the expression... Don't just tell me you love me, show me. The things we do communicate love to our Father. He can see through our words, and a lot of times our words don't communicate as much as our hearts and our actions can. So is it important that we express our worship? It absolutely is. It's absolutely important. 
And we don't want to get hung up on what somebody else said or how you were raised or what somebody else believes. What do you believe that the Bible says about how worship is to be expressed? Because we want to show love to God and we want to do it his way. And we just found out some really fun ways to do it. Some really fun ways. But what is the purpose of all of it? James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. When we get close to God, a lot of good things happen. A lot of things change in our life. Perspectives look better. Hope starts to come. Joy starts to come. Peace starts to come. Things look different when we're close to God. But notice he didn't say, hey, I'll come to you and then you come to me. He said, you do it. You draw near to me and I'm I'm coming. And he runs fast. So we want to be near to God and we want to show our, we want to express our worship and our love to God. But you may say, you know, Justin, I, I've never felt close to God. I've never been close to God. I don't have a relationship with God. You can have one tonight. So we're going to pray. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? If that's you and you said, Justin, I've never accepted the Lord into my life. I've never made that decision. I've never asked Jesus into my heart. I'm going to give you a chance to do that in just a little bit. You may be here and you may be thinking, you know, Justin, I used to be near God and I used to draw near him all the time, but I have gotten pretty far away and I haven't felt near to God in a long time. If that's you and you want to rededicate your life and you want to draw close to God again, you can do that. I'm going to give you a chance to do that as well. So on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to do something. Now, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you down to the front. We're not going to call you out. But while every head is bowed and every eye is still closed, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up if that's you, if you want to come to the Lord for the first time or if you want to rededicate your life. One, two, three. Oh, amen. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's courage. Okay, you can put your hands down. All right. We're going to do exactly what we said we're going to do. We're going to pray, and the whole church is going to pray with you. Repeat after me. Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. And I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.